What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner. And today was an incredible episode because I touched on a topic that has been getting more feedback than pretty much anything I've ever written about or spoken about. And that is why eating too little could be making you fat. Is that possible? Could it be that eating too little is actually leading to fat gain? I broke it all down for you in this episode. This is on the heels of a post I made on Instagram and an email I sent out about this exact topic that got more engagement and feedback and responses and people wanting for me to elaborate and explain more. So of course I had to do just that. So here you have it. This is the topic of the day, of the week, of the month. It is why eating too little could be making you fat. If you enjoy this episode, please let me know about it. For starters, you can just hit me up on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Just shoot me a DM and let me know your thoughts or you could post it to your stories and tag me. That is always appreciated. And of course, the best way to help this this podcast grow is by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. If you feel so inclined, I would be greatly appreciative. So with no further ado, ado, enjoy the episode. All right. So this episode is going to be one that I have a feeling will will need to be replayed and re-listened to or rewatched. If you're on Facebook right now, this is happening live. If you are listening on the podcast, of course, you can always join us in the Facebook group or you can continue to listen through whatever platform you prefer uh, because Mind Over Macros is everywhere. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in. The topic of conversation is one that... So the backstory is I wrote an email on Friday about why eating too little is making you fat. And I got more engagement. It was the most read email I've ever sent. And it was the most engaged. And then I turned it into an Instagram post and that blew up. And a lot of people were sharing it and commenting. So clearly it is a topic that I felt needed to be further discussed. And what I'm going to do is I am going to retell the story that I included in that email and in that post so that you guys can hear it. But then I can also add commentary because this is a real story. This is a real life example. The only thing that I changed was the person's name. And it is also a story that is very close to my own personal story. So that's why I use that example because it resonated so deeply with me that I felt the need to share it. And, and a lot of you know my background is from chronic dieting, eating too little, and never making the progress that I thought I should. So there's this expectation that if I can just restrict myself and eat very low calories and work out more, that I should achieve um, and accomplish the body composition goals that I was after. And it never quite happened like that. And it was extremely frustrating. And I didn't understand it for the longest time. And getting out of that cycle truly changed my life. It's the reason why I do what I do. Uh, And it's the reason why we do what we do at POP is to help people avoid those same pitfalls. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over that story and just provide more context, provide more insight. Um, As (laughs) It's funny because 
you know, I'm very long-winded and I write in, in long form. I like to be detailed. I like to give as much information as possible. But even still with the email, with the post and everything, I felt like there was still some stuff that needed to be added to the conversation. So um, I'm just going to jump in and explain um, kind of the story here. So how is it possible that eating too little could be keeping you fat or actually contributing to fat gain. Um, and, and, you know, it's important to understand that most people, you know, kind of believe in this calorie deficit equation. And, and I'm not saying it as if it's not true. It is true. There's no denying that. Um, so I, I always want to like set that precedence that you do need a calorie deficit to have some kind of weight loss to occur. You have to have a calorie deficit in order to lose weight. And when we're talking specifically about fat loss, it's still, you still need a calorie deficit, but then we can get into a conversation about, you know, different macro ratios. Are we losing muscle and fat? So this story helps to explain how it's possible to actually gain fat by eating too little. Um, so for the sake of keeping this person anonymous, I chose the name Charlie for no other reason other than that was the name that was on my mind that popped up when I was like, all right, I need to come up with a substitute name for this individual. Um, so Charlie was telling me her backstory. Um, yes, it is a female. Anyway, Charlie was feeling really upset with the fact that she had allowed herself to gain uh, over 80 pounds over the course of several years. And when she described that process, she said that it was it was like very uh, kind of incremental. It wasn't like she gained like 30 pounds in a year. Um, it was like little, you know, just a pound here, a pound there. It almost seemed like inconsequential at the time. She noticed it and then she would un like feel clothes getting tighter and was just getting a little bit more uncomfortable, but she felt like eventually it would stop and, and that she would just kind of level off and uh, hit this point of, you know, maintenance. And she wasn't really changing much about her habits, but it got to the point where, you know, 80 pounds crept up over the course of several years. And it's funny because I talk about my story when I gained um, a significant amount of weight, it was probably close to 80 pounds, although I don't know the exact number, but I felt like I woke up one day and it just happened. Like one day I was, you know, lean. And then the next day I was 80 pounds overweight. Uh, it's, it's crazy how sometimes we just, we, we're not even aware. We don't even know that it's happening because it can be this slow thing that compounds over time. Anyway, so eventually she realizes what happened, um, is just like fed up, disgusted, frustrated, and is ready to make a change. And at that particular time, the gym that she was going to was advertising a 16 week challenge. And she's like, oh, this is perfect. This is the exact thing that I'm looking for. Uh, something that can kickstart my efforts, something that can get this weight off. And she wasn't expecting to lose 80 pounds in 16 weeks, but she was hoping that it would be, you know, something to get the ball rolling that maybe if she could get halfway there and, you know, learn throughout the process, then she could do the other half on her own. So she starts this challenge and is feeling great. Like it, you know, she's working out consistently. They provided a meal plan. So it was very structured. It was very organized. It was like, you know, meal one, eat whatever, um, you know, egg whites and broccoli meal two, eat this and this. 
And even though she felt like it was very strict and it was very hard to follow, she was really motivated by results. She was eating around 1400 calories per day. Um, after having learned more about like tracking macros, she kind of went back and looked through and, and figured out that she was maybe eating around 1400 calories per day. Although having seen the process, I would say maybe even a little bit less than that. And most of the workouts were like circuit-based, kind of more cardio type, high-intensity type workouts. Um, she was noticing that the scale dropped pretty consistently week over week. Uh, so that again, increased the motivation to stay consistent and allowed her to ignore some specific biofeedback markers that would have been red flags. Um, again, this is something that I can personally relate to because when I was going through really restrictive protocols, I didn't care how hungry I was. I didn't care how miserable I was. I didn't care how little energy I had. It was just the, the mission was I have to fight through all of this and just white knuckle my way through it because I have this end goal in mind and I'm going to get to my finish line. And she kind of felt the same way. It was just, you know, fighting off the hunger, pushing through the fatigue, um, having to deal with cravings and just ignoring them and felt overall just not very happy. Um, anyway, she, she wanted to finish and, and it was six weeks. I think sometimes when we have this like short-term deadline, um, I'm sorry, 16 weeks. I said six weeks because that was the challenge that I did um, was a six-week challenge, but hers was 16 weeks and she ended up losing 30 pounds in the 16-week challenge. Felt really proud and, and accomplished. And then um, as part of the program, the gym did a body scan. So they did a, a before and an after body scan as part of the challenge. So she goes and she gets her body fat tested. And now keep in mind that body scans are not super accurate. It's not like gospel. However, if you're using a consistent measurement, then it does give us insight into what's going on. So as long as it's a consistent way of measuring, then it can be helpful. Um, so she found out after the body scan that almost half of the weight that she lost was muscle. It's the, the body scan said that she lost 18 pounds of fat and 12 pounds of muscle. Now you might be thinking like, that's great. You know, she lost 18 pounds of fat, but when you lose 12 pounds of muscle, in addition to that amount of fat, you'll see that it can do a number on your metabolism, which ultimately can backfire. So she was still feeling pretty good though. Like, you know, overlooking the fact that muscle was down, uh, she wanted to continue, but after, because the challenge was over, she felt like, well, I don't have to be so strict. Like, you know, I can let up a little bit. I don't have to follow this exact meal plan. Um, the problem was that she didn't learn anything about consistent or sustainable habits, right? Like people ask all the time, do I provide meal plans. And the one thing about meal plans is they don't teach you anything other than you can follow a plan that's written out for you. But what does that actually teach you? What if those foods are not foods that you like, or what if they're not available to you or what, you know, there's so many different scenarios where a meal plan falls flat. And so that's where I think the challenge is like, she didn't have the structure anymore, but she hadn't learned anything. So she kind of defaulted back to what she used to do. And the issue here is that because she was so 
underfed because her cravings were so intense. Her energy was so low by getting a little bit more food in her body. She started to feel better like instantly, but her body was not going to stop there because when you're in this energy, this state of energy deprivation for so long, when you get that first taste of energy, it's like, I need more of that. Your body is trying to restore homeostasis. And there's this concept known as overshooting where your body basically wants to protect you from that situation ever happening happening again. So it will kind of cause you to overeat and go way past the point that you kind of need um, almost as a protective mechanism in case you go through this you know, state of famine essentially is what your body is registering. So she starts to eat a little bit more freely. She feels the energy coming back. She doesn't have cravings all the time. Um, however, because she's kind of going back to her old ways, she notices that her clothes are getting tight again. And even though she was feeling better from like an energy standpoint, um, she really was was just kind of her body was craving more energy. So she kept eating and, and ended up noticing that her results were backsliding again. And this is like the part where most of us really struggle because when we white knuckle our way through a program when we stay so focused on an end result and we do everything that we can to stay disciplined and we finish you know the challenge and we get through it and then all of a sudden we have this moment of weakness and we end up losing all that progress we feel so guilty we feel like how could i let this happen we beat ourselves up we start to criticize ourselves like what the fuck like that's that's how it feels. I know that feeling so well because I went through it so many times. Like, how could you do this? After all that we just went through to get to this point, how could you let this happen? And the important point here is that you're fighting against a natural biological signal, which is a process, you know, it's a battle that you will lose every single time. It it's just it's being human. Your body needs energy. And if you're in this state of chronic deprivation, you can only go so long until you crack. That doesn't make you weak. That doesn't mean you have poor discipline. That doesn't mean you have poor willpower. It just means that you're human and your body is going to win that battle. However, we always turn to like, what? why did I do that versus looking at it more like practically? So anyway, she, she kind of went into this uh, short little tailspin, uh, was feeling really bad about it, overindulging because eating her feelings, right? Like why even bother? I, I put in all this work and now I'm back at square one. Why even bother? And then eventually we feel frustrated again, right? Like that starting point that we just experienced, we feel that again, like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable. I need to make a change. I'm not happy with my body. So then we feel like, all right, we're back at square one, but here's the challenge. Here's the issue. Because of what she went through, going back to square one actually meant going back to square like negative two because of the number that she did on her metabolism. She went back to her gym, she did another body scan, and she had gained back every single pound that she lost, but it was all body fat, no muscle. So the net result of the challenge and then the post-challenge period was gaining back the weight she lost, but losing a net of 12 pounds of muscle. 
So what that means is that her body composition was worse because having less muscle will give you the appearance of being heavier, even if the scale is the same, right? So if you take two individuals that are the same exact size and weight and one has more muscle, that person will look leaner. So body composition is worse. And now her metabolism is now slower than before because she lost those 12 pounds of muscle. Muscle burns more calories than fat at rest. So again, if you take two individuals, say everything, everything is identical about them, um, including their, their weight. So if you take two identical, let's say 150 pound people and everything is about them is identical, except one has more muscle, that person will burn more calories at rest. They will have a higher basal metabolic rate which means they can get away with eating more calories without gaining weight or cutting body fat at a higher caloric level than the other person. Um, so why does that matter? Because it's easier to stay consistent and it's easier to have more flexibility and freedom if you can eat more and still move towards your goals. That is a great thing. Um, so just to give you like another practical example um, I actually am starting a cut today. Um, it's it's the first time that I've cut since July. Um, so I've been you know at maintenance basically for seven months, and because I have more muscle, I can get away with eating higher calories and still dropping body fat. So with my maintenance calories being like thirty two hundred. I can drop my average calories around 27, 2,600 calories per day and still lose body fat, which is great. I'm not going to feel that intense hunger. I'm not going to suffer. I'm not going to be miserable. When I was first trying to accomplish my goals, for reference, I was cutting on like 1,200, 1,400 calories. Some of the programs that I tried were literally 1,200 calories, 1,600 calories. For somebody my size, uh, that is doing a lot of damage, which is why I ended up skinny fat. When I got down really low, uh, my weight was super low, but my body composition didn't look good. I was still displeased with how I looked because I was skinny fat. I lost muscle and then my metabolism suffered. And it wasn't until I went through the process of actively building muscle um, that I was able to repair my, my metabolism and support my efforts in a way that was more sustainable. So, so Charlie ends up in this exact same situation where she ends up with a slower metabolism back at the same weight. Um, so what do you do? Her solution was, well, maybe I should go back to that same plan. Again, this is not a criticism. This is the exact same thing, the parallel to my story. Um, I went through a challenge. I would lose weight. I would gain it back. And then I would think, well, I need to do that challenge again because that's how I lost the weight. And round and round it goes, right? This is the cycle that so many of us fall into. Um, it's human nature. It's part of the messaging of the diet industry. It's just thinking that something quote unquote worked because it led to a temporary weight loss result. But when we actually peel back the layers, we can see that it's doing more damage, that eating too little is actually leading to gaining more fat in the long run. So, Charlie goes through again. She tries another round of the same thing, just trying to follow this. This wasn't a challenge. This was just her going back to what she thought worked, except now her body was fighting back quicker. 
She wasn't losing weight each week. It was, it was slower. She was struggling. The hunger was worse. The cravings were worse. The energy, her metabolism was slower. So the process wasn't happening or the progress wasn't happening as fast as it was the first time. And so she gives up. And eventually there's a happy ending to the story, which is that she finds um, me through the podcast, reaches out, we get her into coaching, uh, we get her eating more, we get her feeling better, and her body starts responding, and she's sustainably losing fat and feeling a million times better. So not to mention the, the body composition improvements that she felt like were unattainable are now happening. Um, and she recently sent me a message that said, she had goals that were accomplished and goals that she felt like were not even within reach. And now those goals that she felt weren't even in reach are now feeling attainable. So, but let's just look at, you know, the, the reality is that, and there's research that shows us more dieting attempts are correlated to weight gain. So if you think about that, just going through strict dieting, or fad dieting, um, any kind of restrictive calorie protocol is correlated with weight gain. We have that evidence. We have that research. And yet still, we have most programs out there trying to put people through 1,200 calorie programs, 12, you know, 1,400 calorie plans, 1,200 calorie plans, as if that's normal. When we have strong evidence, anecdotal evidence, and scientific research that shows us that those type of protocols actually lead to more fat gain. So there was a question before I hit record on this episode, which was, how do you know what counts as too little? Because too little is going to look different for every individual because of the fact that our metabolisms are all different, right? So how do we know what too little is? So the answer to that is, by listening to your body. Your body will tell us what is too little. If you if something feels unsustainable, so we have to look at first, does it feel sustainable? You, you know, the, the kind of the subjective perspective is important. Like you as an individual, does the protocol feel sustainable? Now you could convince yourself that something is sustainable, even if it's not. So then we have to look at more objective, like are you noticing patterns of binge eating? Are you noticing patterns of giving into cravings very easily? Are you noticing patterns of crankiness, moodiness? Are you noticing that your hunger is all over the place and you can't really control it? Are you noticing that your energy is really low? So now we have more information as to, is this really sustainable? So if you're constantly fatigued, if you are not sleeping well, if you're always hungry, if you're giving into cravings, if we notice trends of like being really strict, but then overdoing it, then there's a sustainability issue. That is a telltale sign that you're eating too little. So the question is, what do we do about it? So the first thing that we want to do is make sure that we're actually supporting your metabolism with the, the right quantity and the right quality of foods. So when we look at how does that how does that kind of come to fruition? Well, first, again, we have to go back to what is your body telling us? What are we seeing as far as trends? If you're eating enough, 
you will notice that you don't have as much as many cravings, that hunger is manageable. You'll notice that you have more energy. You'll notice that you're sleeping better. You notice that your mood is more stable. And when it comes to the right quality of foods, then we notice things like digestion um, is, is better. We notice that you have more like mental clarity and focus. You feel more like yourself, more mood stability. Um, so biofeedback and, and listening to your body is super important. Um, the process of actually supporting your metabolism, I call that metabolic priming, where we want you to be able to eat more calories while losing body fat and improving body composition. Like I talked about, when you are able to fuel and support your body and your metabolism appropriately, you can get away with eating more and still losing fat because you're going to be more consistent in the long haul. It's going to be more sustainable. So we can look at total calories. We can look at ratio of macronutrients, so your protein, carbs, and fats. And then we can look at food quality. All of those things will make a difference and, and all depend on the individual. With the ratio of, of macros, we just want to make sure that we're prioritizing fat loss and not muscle loss. One of the things that I noticed about Charlie's meal plan was that it was pretty low protein. Um, even though there was protein at each meal, she was only having three meals. It was basically 20, 25 grams of protein at each meal uh, for somebody her size to only be eating around 60, 75 grams of protein per day. That's why she lost mostly muscle um, you know, or a decent amount of muscle. When you look at the ratio of macros, we want to make sure that you're eating enough calories, but also that you're eating enough protein to maintain the muscle mass that you have. What that means is that as you're losing weight, that weight will be mostly from body fat. So anybody who wants to accomplish a, a leaner physique, more toned, more defined, more athletic, whatever the term is that you use, um, that you want to improve, improve your aesthetic, typically that means losing body fat and maintaining muscle or potentially building muscle and keeping body fat the same because that's another way to get leaner. Um, so that's the metabolic priming thing that we go through is making sure that you're eating enough to fuel your metabolism properly, to make sure that you're eating the proper ratio of macros. And then that food quality is solid because food quality will actually influence not only how you feel, but also will influence your calories in versus calories out, right? Coming back to the whole calorie deficit conversation. If you're eating high quality foods, you will notice you know, it's going to play a role in hormonal balance. It's going to make you feel better, but also it's going to lead to more energy. You're going to move more throughout the day. There's studies that show that simply by improving food quality that you actually burn more calories overall. Um, and then we also have to look at the different stressors in your life because the reason why we see things like metabolic dysfunction from very low calories. It's because it's a chronic stress. Your body is, is under this threat, this state of stress, chronically speaking, and goes into starvation mode, basically treats it as, as if there's a famine happening. However, your body doesn't discriminate different sources of stress. So you can have chronic stress in your life outside of just eating too little, and the same result will happen. You'll still potentially be in a position where your body's not responding, you're not losing the fat that you want, and it could potentially lead to weight gain. So that's why we always have to monitor the different stressors in your life. Pay attention to those biofeedback markers like energy, hunger, cravings, mood, sleep. Your body will tell us 
everything that we need to know. It's literally just a matter of listening and knowing what to do with it. Um, and then what we like to do is make sure that your training um, is in alignment with the way that you're eating. And I could have said that vice versa. Make sure that you're eating in a way to support your training um, because there are certain activities and exercises that are going to be more carb dominant. And there's some that are going to be more fat dominant, depending on how like the intensity, the duration, the frequency. So nutrition is a great way to improve your recovery, to improve your performance, to get more out of your workouts. And again, if we are getting the most out of each session and we're recovering, so again, back to that stress management, then your body is going to respond more favorably. We always want to put your body in a position where it feels safe to let go of body fat. That's it. We're just, we're, we're causing an adaptation to a stress and we want it to be a positive adaptation, not a negative adaptation. The negative adaptation is what happened with Charlie, which was, you know, all those red flags with biofeedback, losing muscle, slowing down metabolic rate. Positive adaptation is where your body feels safe because you're doing all of the right things. You're supporting your metabolism through food choices and quality and quantity. Um, and macronutrient ratios. And therefore, your body lets go of fat because it doesn't feel this constant threat. It's not under the state of constant stress. And you know, there's other things too, when it comes to matching up your nutrition with your training, like better nutrient absorption and partitioning. Um, and then of course, like I mentioned, looking better naked, because if we're prioritizing muscle and your body holds on to muscle, not only does that improve your metabolism, but it also improves what you see in the mirror. If you want to look better naked, again, it comes down to a combination of more muscle, less fat, or maintaining muscle, less fat, um, or building muscle and staying at the same level of fat, right? So all of those things will lead to uh, a leaner physique. Um, ultimately, the bottom line is it all comes back to sustainability, because if something makes you miserable, like Charlie mentioned to me, like how cranky she was, how miserable she was, but because she was noticing the scale going down, she was just white knuckling her way through it. And what I always say is if it makes you miserable, I can promise you that you won't maintain it. That is fact. Like if you are miserable doing something, you will not sustain those results. It will be temporary. It will be short-lived. Um, so I always look at how can we put ourselves in the best position to remain consistent and to make sure that everything we're doing is totally sustainable, which is going to allow for permanent results, not short-term results, permanent, long-term, long-lasting results. So the first part of that equation is you have to enjoy the process. If you enjoy doing things like having a drink on occasion, being social, um, having date nights, incorporating different foods that you enjoy, if you're eliminating all of those things from your life, then I promise you, you will not maintain it. You will not sustain it. This was my reality. Again, I'm speaking from personal experience here. Like I, I talked about the fact that you could take Charlie's situation and just insert me into that story. And it is my exact story. Some minor details, but for the most part, that was me. So I actually spent a long period of time being antisocial. I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't go on date nights. I wouldn't drink. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't um, agree to going out with friends or family. I was literally just staying in my house with my chicken and broccoli just because I felt like that was the only way I could stay consistent. 
And I was miserable. I was unhappy. I was unfulfilled. I had no life. It wasn't worth the extra pounds that came off, which inevitably came back on just because I didn't enjoy it. So we have to incorporate those things, build those things into the process. Date nights are important. Alcohol, if you enjoy it, I'm not going to say it's important, but if it allows you to have fun and, and let loose sometimes and you can enjoy it responsibly, absolutely. Social events, you know, the foods that you enjoy. And then the second thing that we do is looking at eating foods that support your brain chemistry based on your personality type. So essentially the short term, the short version of this is your personality traits give us insight into your brain chemistry, your neurotransmitter dominance and balance and food impacts neurotransmitters, which control how we feel. So if we have insight into that information and we can make food choices to support our brain chemistry, we're going to feel better overall. We're going to feel more like ourselves. There's going to be less overall stress on our system. And we'll just notice that we have greater mood stability. So there's not going to be these like epic mood swings that cause either like emotional eating or stress eating. Um, it's one of the most undervalued tools that we have is literally like, just as a quick example, understanding that things like carbs will help with reducing anxiety and shutting off cortisol, increasing serotonin, um, understanding that high protein, high fat will increase dopamine production. Um, so if you're struggling with like lack of motivation, or if you're struggling with like not feeling a lot of pleasure for certain activities, then we want to pay attention to dopamine and, and support that through food choices and, and lifestyle choices as well. So we've got those two things that, that can help us increase sustainability and consistency, incorporating things you like doing, and then eating foods that support your brain chemistry based on your personality type. Um, so again, all of that is to say that we can make the process of losing fat more efficient and more effective. But, but not only that, the most important thing is it should be a permanent change. We're not here for temporary results. I'm pretty sure that if I told you that you would be able to lose 10 pounds of fat, but you wouldn't be able to keep it off and you would gain it back in, in a, you know three months or six months, you would not sign up for that. So the reason that we go through this process, and by the way, everything that I just outlined is our exact process that we go through in our one-on-one -on -one coaching program. It's a six-month process. It takes time to get all that stuff sorted out. But the reason that we do it that way is to guarantee that the results are permanent, that it's not a temporary fix. We're not trying to patch a, you know, put a band-aid over a symptom. We're trying to get to the root of the issue and make it about longevity and sustainability and permanent change. So again, just to kind of recap, because a lot of us go through this, this issue of chronically under-eating and compromising our metabolic function. We end up slowing down our metabolism and then it becomes increasingly more difficult to lose body fat because we often go back to the exact protocol that got us in trouble in the first place. So the way to break out of that is, first of all, you have to think differently about what success looks like. Stop thinking that something that led to 10 pounds down, but then 20 pounds up was successful. That was not successful. And it also wasn't your fault. You know, you, you can't blame yourself for something that was designed to make you fail, for something that's not sustainable, for something that made you miserable. It doesn't make you a bad person for wanting to enjoy the process. You know, this when you feel better, 
Like it shouldn't be miserable. Just think about it. Those two things don't go hand in hand. Misery and feeling better don't go hand in hand. So if you're miserable doing something, you're not going to feel good and you're not going to sustain it. So that's the first thing is just think differently. Think about the sustainability effect. Think about you know, actually feeling your best and listening to your body. And then we want to increase if you're chronically under eating or if you're noticing that you're like super strict, but then you let loose on the weekend and you're having like these binge episodes and stuff. It's all about finding a balanced approach, even though I don't like the word balance because that can look different depending on the situation, but we want to support your metabolism. So eating more overall and looking at the quantity, looking at the quality, and then also looking at the different, you know, kind of the macro breakdown for you as an individual, that will help avoid any of those issues with eating too little and then having like, you know, being dialed in on the weekday and then binging on the weekends. If you are well-fed and well-fueled, you will notice less cravings. You will notice less um, urges to binge, that sort of thing. So pay attention to that biofeedback. Notice that your energy is better. Notice that you're not having as much, you know, hunger issues or cravings, that sort of thing. And then we can look at, you know, the way that you're training and we can make recommendations on how to fuel properly based off of the workouts that you're doing. Uh, And then we want to make sure that we're monitoring all the stressors in your life. Because again, a body that feels safe will let go of unwanted body fat more easily. So looking at stress, looking at your, your habits overall, you know, hydration, daily movement, sleep, that sort of thing, all looking, you know, kind of monitoring biofeedback through that process as well, so that we can spot any red flags. If we know that you're eating enough and you're eating the right types of foods and, and quality and uh, macro ratios, but we're still noticing some issues with energy and mood and cravings, well, that's probably uh, something else that's going on in your life. It could be relationship stress, it could be work stress, it could be, um, you know, that you're not getting any sleep because you have a newborn, whatever. There's all these different reasons why, but that's why we monitor all of those other areas. Um, and then, you know, again, coming back to consistency and sustainability, incorporating the things you enjoy, eating foods that support your brain chemistry based on your personality type. Um, all of that is the process that we go through to ensure that you get the body, the physical results that you want, and also remove that anxiety around food. So you don't have to stress about food choices. You will know what makes you feel your best and how to support your metabolism through the process. Um, it doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it out to be. Sometimes simple is better. And we complicate things when we try to like jump to the next fad diet or we see like the shiny new object and we're like, oh, my friend is doing this like crazy fasting protocol. So I want to do that. That's making it more complicated. Just again, go through that that mental checklist of sustainability. Is this something that's going to make me feel better? Um, am I going to be able to stay more consistent? Right. We we make things more complicated when we see the shiny new object or when we talk to like our neighbor who, you know, cut out sugar and carbs and alcohol and fruit and they're they're never gonna enjoy another meal again. We're like, maybe I should do that. No, like we want to focus on sustainability and consistency for you um, and not get caught up in all of the different fads and and kind of misinformation and just straight up bullshit that there is out there. So anyway, I hope that makes sense. I hope that that helps just you know, helps you understand the process of how eating too little could potentially be leading to gaining more fat and 
what to do about it. Um, outlining the process, like I hope that makes sense. The process that we go through, how to make sure that you're, you know, eating enough, what to pay attention to, food quality, quantity, macro ratios, paying attention to your training, um, you know, paying attention to all the other things that you have going on in your life as far as stress, movement, hydration, uh, foods that support your personality type foods that allow you some, some flexibility and freedom. So, you know, if, if you need help with that, you know, again, that is exactly what we do in our one-on-one coaching program. Um, it's a six month program because we're not about a short-term fix. We're about creating a long-term solution. So if that is what you need, um, we can definitely help. So if you want more information, just shoot me a message, either Instagram or Facebook, either one is fine. And just let me know that you're interested. And what will happen from there is I will send over a bunch of details about the program. I will ask you like four or five questions to make sure that it's a right, the right fit, um, because I need to know that we can actually help you. And if we decide that it's the right fit, then we can get you started and enrolled and you'll be feeling like a million bucks in no time. And we'll be amazed at how much more freedom and flexibility you have and how much better you feel while achieving your goals in a permanent way. So just hit me up, um, shoot me a message, either Instagram or Facebook works. And please guys, let me know if this was helpful. If this all makes sense, um, it really means the world to me when I get feedback about the live trainings, the podcast. So um, once again, just if you're on the Facebook group right now, just drop a comment and let me know if this was helpful, if this makes sense. If you're listening to the podcast, um, take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And just let me know your thoughts. Or you could just send me a message and say, hey, I thought this was really helpful. Or hey, I thought this episode sucked. Um, either way, I like to hear positive, negative. It all helps me get better. So I appreciate any feedback. Um, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I will talk to you all very soon.